0: Oklahoma State head coach Mike Boynton wants an apology from the NCAA and I don't blame him, but quite frankly, it's too little too late and not enough for the Cowboys. You are locked on college basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining us to get your best college hoops content every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Network. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 and back in bonus bets. Guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Coming up on the show today, we are continuing our conference preview series. We're wrapping up. We're getting so close. Today is episode or preview number 28 out of the 32 Division I conferences. So next week is our final four previews. We'll have the Pac-12, A-10, Mountain West, and the SWAC. Goodness gracious, I can't believe it. That means we're getting so close because then it's just one week we'll have some shows leading up to the, the kickoff week, which is Monday, November 6th. But today, uh, conference preview number 28, the NEC. Cannot wait to preview that for you. A whole bunch of stuff going on in that conference. It's pretty crazy. But before we get there, let's talk about Oklahoma State. Here's why. Earlier this week, Andy talked about Kansas. We learned about kind of their punishment or frankly lack thereof from the IARP coming out of their whole shebang out of the FBI investigation. So you can go back and listen to that. Listen to Andy talk about Kansas. It was great. But I want to discuss today Oklahoma State. And here's why. Somehow, in all of this, Oklahoma State were the only ones that really got done dirty, that really got postseason bans or, you know, harsh punishments from the NCAA. Here's the deal. The programs that were in seemingly trouble or being investigated could either go through this process with the NCAA, uh, the Committee on Infractions, or go through it with the IARP, the Independent Accountability Resolution Process. If you're not aware of the IARP, you can hear it, Remember it today and then forget it as quickly as we've talked about it because now following the end of the Kansas case, it's done and over and dead and gone. But the IARP, frankly, to me, is another flawed and faulty relic of the Mark Emmert era of the NCAA. It was uh, appointed as this, this council, kind of third party because it's folks outside the, the everyday goings on of college basketball, who don't quite frankly understand or get all the nuances. And it allows these schools as they're working with the IARP to kind of fleece them, if we're being honest and, um, not, not understand all the real ramifications of the NCAA, but here's the deal. These other schools kind of get off quite a bit more easily The Kansas case was the final case uh, adjudicated by the IARP. And now, thankfully, thankfully, and mercifully, it's dead and gone. Why do I say that? Well, here's the deal. LSU, Louisville, Arizona, NC State, all of these other schools that were under penalty as part of the FBI investigation, they all opted to go the IARP route. You know, hopefully this will work out for us. Here's part of why it's a bit risky is there's no appeals. Whatever you get back from the IARP is it. If you go the NCAA route, you can appeal and things like that. Well, all four of those schools, again, LSU, Louisville, Arizona, NC State, along with Kansas, go the IARP route. They all opted for that instead of the NCAA route, and not a one of them received a postseason ban or any truly significant penalties. Um, And... Why so? I don't know. Why did the IARP never hold anyone accountable or, you know, make make serious penalties or postseason bans? I don't know. But these five schools opted to go that way and it worked out for them. And it sounds like perhaps it's sour grapes from, from what's coming out of my mouth that I'm, I'm upset that these schools didn't get punished. Honestly, I don't care. I really don't punish them. Don't punish them. Whatever. What I am upset about, not not the LSU, Kansas, Louisville, Arizona, NC State side of things. I don't care. I want to see people play basketball and be in the NCAA tournament. What I am upset about on behalf of Oklahoma State and Mike Boynton is that they're the only one of these schools who chose to go the NCAA route, and they're the only one who received a postseason ban. Uh, it's kind of like, like I grew up in Atlanta, and my dad always told me that growing up in Atlanta was one of the biggest disservices I ever had in terms of learning to drive because people are just flying up and down I-75 with no real regard for whatever the speed limit says. But what would happen is like during morning rush hour, a police is just sitting over on the shoulder He's like uh, you and then just cherry picks one of these drivers going by like 25 miles over the speed limit. And that's who they give a ticket to. Um, it's like one unlucky scapegoat in the Atlanta traffic. And this is the same kind of thing for Oklahoma State. It's like, why with all of these schools going through this, do they have to be this one school that's singled out being banned from the 19, uh, 19, from the 2022 NCAA tournament. Now I know they went this NCAA route, but you should think you'd be able to go the route of your governing body. And it would be fair and comparable to what's going on with the other schools, but the IARP wasn't capable or willing to do that in, in their punishment or adjudication. So Oklahoma state, gets the screw job with this whole thing well ESPN's Myron Medcalf he reports that head coach Mike Boynton wants an apology from the NCAA I don't blame him right like take care of this do something but the problem is there's not really anything that we can can be done now you can't go back and retroactively say all right Oklahoma State you're in to the NCAA tournament honestly I'm not too sure if they would have made it. They were 15 and 15 and 8 and 10 in the Big 12. But it still would have been nice to be publicly be told, hey, you know what? We messed up. That's our bad. We should not have done that to you. Or, hey, our bad, that should have happened to everyone and not just you. Either way is great with me. I just want to see unanimity in terms of meeting out punishments. It's kind of like a ref that would screw up a game-ending call but then they refuse to publicly acknowledge it despite, you know, video evidence to the contrary, just own it. Just tell us, yes, you can't come back and change it and put that in our wind column. And, and that's ridiculous and silly, but, but at least be a man or be a woman and tell us that you screwed up. That's what Mike Boynton's looking for here. And again, while it's not good enough that the, the NCAA could at least do this for him and his program. It's yet another stain on this governing institution of college basketball that is slowly, maybe not so slowly, eroding a wave before our eyes because of its lack of leadership, because of its lack of accountability, because of the inconsistency in things like this, because of the current handling of transfers. We've seen it at high levels, both football and basketball. Man, the the NCAA is struggling and this is just yet another example of it. And I love and appreciate Coach Mike Boynton's willingness to call them out on this. Here's the thing. I coach my daughter's soccer team. She's four. We had our very last game. I'm recording this on Thursday night. We had our very last game earlier tonight. It was a great game. We won. We don't keep score. I keep score. We won. Um, But one of our little guys on our team like trucked over this kid on the other team, which was awesome. This other kid was huge and massive. And my my little guy on my team, one of our top players, just they're running, they got tripped up, and he plowed him over. It was awesome. But you know what the little guy on my team did? He realized he had messed up. He realized he had unfairly done something to this other young man who had a kind of a breakaway. So he stopped and apologized. I was so proud of him. So if a four-year-old can do it, can own up to a mistake and say, hey, that wasn't fair to you. You were probably about to score this goal. Why cannot the NCAA do the same thing as my four-year-old little soccer player, buddy? Willingness to admit when you're wrong would allow me to grow in my respect for you, NCAA. It's time to make this right, or at least as right as it can be, when there's not enough right that can be done. Fix it, NCAA. Please apologize to Mike Boynton and the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Well, we want to get into our NEC preview, get you ready for this year of basketball up in the Northeast. We'll do that in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on College Basketball is brought to you by BetterHelp. You ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like maybe you're the NCAA and you can't get out of your own way. Like you know what you should do, like apologizing to Oklahoma State, but you just can't. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of, oh, I don't know, against yourself. Therapy isn't just for those with major life trauma either. It can empower you to set boundaries and empower you to be the best version of yourself. Perhaps you've always thought of trying therapy, but you've been concerned that, oh man, there's a stigma with it, or people are going to think less of me. Oh man, get over that. It's time to move forward. It's time to try it now. Give BetterHelp a try. It's completely online, which means that that makes it convenient and flexible and able to be based on your schedule. Another thing, like I recently had a friend who needed to switch the therapist she was working with, like legitimately, this is true of a friend of mine. And it was a whole thing making that happen. But with BetterHelp, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on college today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on college. This episode of Locked on College Basketball is also brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. You've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There's no better time to get in on the action than right now. That's super easy to use, and you can bet on all sorts of stuff, like spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. There's all sorts of great college football action this weekend. Go check it out on FanDuel.com. Go ahead and see what you want to place a bet on. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. want to also remind you, speaking of college football, that Locked On College Football Kickoff Live is coming at you today, Friday, 11 a.m. till noon Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube page, including ours. So make sure to get ready for all of this weekend's college football action with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live today, 11 a.m. till noon Eastern. All right, it's the NEC preview coming at you. We got nine teams in the conference this year. Let me run them through you make sure – Because there's been some upheaval in and out. Let me get you set up. Let me give you these nine teams in alphabetical order. Number one, Central Connecticut. And then two, Fairleigh Dickinson. I think you are familiar with at least them. LIU, Long Island University, Merrimack, Sacred Heart, St. Francis, Pennsylvania. Although, unfortunately, I don't have to give you that designation anymore. Just St. Francis. And then Stonehill, Wagner, and... LeMoyne. I put them last because they're the brand new babies into the NCAA Division One ranks. Major storylines for the NEC. Let's get to it. Fairly Dickinson. I already kind of referenced it. You're familiar with what happened last year, making history the second ever 16 seed to knock off a number one. That's Purdue, who is looking to come back in a major way themselves this year. FDU loses quite a bit, including their head coach. Can they repeat? Can they come back? They actually didn't even win the NEC tournament last year. That was Merrimack, but Merrimack wasn't eligible for the NCAA tournament. So FDU gets in and then does that work. Can they make it happen again? We'll find out. Major storyline number two. Sacred Heart is the consensus number one team in this conference, but here's the deal. They have never... Never made the NCAA tournament. Is this the year? Going to be something to watch out for. So uh, that a lot of pressure to both lock down the whole conference regular season, win that. And remember, in one-bid leagues, you got to win the conference tournament to make it in. So we'll be watching Sacred Heart to see if they can do that. Next major storyline, it's an NEC stunner. Unfortunately, St. Francis, Brooklyn, this is why I said we don't have to give you the Pennsylvania designation anymore, shut down their athletics department at the end of last academic year. They had been in the NEC for 42 years, and unfortunately, now it is gone. Hate that for that entire athletics department. Next up. I said it already, but the newest member of Division One, welcome in. The Lemoyne. Anybody know their nickname? It's an awesome one. Dolphins. The Lemoyne Dolphins. Uh, just right there close to Syracuse. Um, newest member of Division One College basketball. So sitting at 362. Now, here's the cool thing for the Dolphins. Good news. Ken Palm does not have them ranked as the lowest team in Division One. That uh Dubious distinction, I'll call it, goes to Mississippi Valley State. So Lemoyne coming in, ranked number 361 at Ken Palm. And some some, uh computer outlets I've seen have them even a little bit higher. It's a very veteran team. We'll get to that in a little bit. Now I mentioned there are nine teams in the NEC. One of the next storylines is that only seven of those nine, similar to last year, are eligible for the NCAA tournament. Here's why. You might or might not be aware that when a team joins Division One, they have a four-year transition period in which they can play games, but they cannot participate in any postseason tournaments, meaning NCAA or NIT, which are both of those postseason tournaments are run by the NCAA. So, Lemoyne obviously can't participate in the NCAA tournament this year. It's their first year, so they will be eligible in 2027-28 after a four-year transition period. The other that is ineligible right now is Stonehill. This is their second year in Division I, so they're going to be eligible in 2026-27. However, one thing that is kind of cool for these two teams is that the NEC higher-ups voted a couple off-seasons ago, and these teams, even though they're not eligible for the NCAA tournament, can compete in the NEC conference tournament, so that's pretty cool. And here's why that comes into play. Last year, as I said, Merrimack actually won the NEC tournament, but it didn't matter because they couldn't go to the NCAA tournament. So that meant then that FDU was in, and boy, did they make good use of that opportunity. So um, Merrimack, though, is now eligible. They've paid their four years of dues, and now they're ready to go. And it's kind of comical because they've had really good success in the NEC in these first four years. They won the regular season their first year. They won the regular season last year, and then they won the conference tournament last year, the only time they've been able to play it. That was the first year that the NEC has allowed the transitioning schools to play in the conference tournament. So pretty cool for Merrimack, although this year they fall off a little bit, at least on paper. So would be neat to see them rise up in their first year. Um, one one kind of two more storylines that kind of tie together is that uh, this conference, the NEC – And it's gonna. It makes sense when you think about all the transitional schools and and going out. Uh, This conference was dead last at Ken Palm last year, thirty second of all the D one conferences. Part of that is why FDU over Purdue is such a stunner, because the Big Ten as a conference is ranked so high, and the NEC as a conference is ranked so low. I mean, it just is what it is. And the Ken Palm rankings for this year now are out. If you haven't seen those, make sure you check them out. But it projects to be the same. Ken Palm this year has um, the NEC projected as the lowest ranked conference in D1. Here's partly why. When you look at the nine teams that make up the Ken Palm rankings, here's where they sit uh, in the preseason rankings at Ken Palm ahead of this year. Of the nine teams, only two of them land in the top 300 schools. And that, even that is just barely. Sacred Heart, the team that I said is the consensus number one team in this conference, 286th at Ken Palm. Only Wagner is the other team in the top 300, and they're 295th. The other seven teams in this conference are all in the bottom 53 teams in all of Division One at Ken Palm. So unfortunately, it makes a lot of sense when you hear that makeup that the NEC is right there at the bottom. Last year, already said it, Merrimack won the regular season. Uh, Fairleigh Dickinson and Stonehill were in second place two games back. And then we've already talked about the conference tournament. And uh, so we'll see what happens this year with all of that. In terms of coaching, only one coaching change, interestingly enough. That was with the FDU. Obviously, we know Tobin Anderson went on to replace. Anybody remember? Rick Pitino at Iona because he's now at St. John's back in the Big East. So, Jack Castleberry comes in to be the head coach now at FDU. I say comes in, I should say moves up because he was an assistant last year at FDU after several years at the Citadel before that. In terms of the longest tenured coaches in the NEC, you've got Rob Crimmel at St. Francis. He's been there since 2012-13 season, so... Uh, you know, uh, over a decade by a couple years. And then Anthony Latina at Sacred Heart and Chris Krause. I like to call him Chris Krause at Stonehill have been there since the 2013-14 season, both of those guys. So just over 10 years now. All right. Speaking of all these teams, we got to get into ranking them, putting them in an order. And I want to hand out my predictions and my conference champions. All of that is going to come to you in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked On College Basketball is brought to you by Bird Dogs, gotta switch that hat to the Bird Dogs hat. Oh, you know, look at that awesome white hat. Look at this little tumbler from Bird Dogs. You love it, man. They give you all the great stuff. I just went on a weekend getaway with my family, we went to a cabin last weekend. And I wore my bird dogs pants because I thought, you know, I think these bird dogs pants are going to be perfect for a fall weekend getaway. And you know what? They absolutely were. I wore them out on a hike. We went on, I wore them into town for lunch and I wore them just back at the cabin later as we're just hanging out at the campfire and watching college football, just being chill. And they truly were perfect for any of these occasions. And that's what makes bird dogs awesome. And not only are they functional, But Bird Dogs legitimately make you look and feel good. I feel so confident when I'm wearing my Bird Dogs pants. Plus, right now, with every Bird Dogs purchase, you get a water bottle. Don't miss out on doing it. And beyond the great fit, beyond the creative fabric, I love Bird Dogs because they have this anti-stink, sweat-wicking fabric. It keeps you cool and dry all day long. So as I was walking around with my family last weekend, I felt great. And I knew that I didn't smell bad either because of that anti stink stuff. Way to go, Bird Dogs, and thank you. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter promo code locked on college at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. Again, that's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take off your Bird Dogs. We promise you that. All right, we're getting back to our NEC preseason preview. Um, typically what we do right now is I'll rank these teams into tiers. I'll tear them out together. But with only nine teams, I just actually want to do a one to nine ranking. Let me put them in what I think is going to be the order. And then I want you to rip it up, tear it up, and let me know what you think. But here we go. Let's start at the bottom and work our way up. At the bottom, it's not LeMoyne. It is not the newcomers to D1. They're too experienced and too loaded. I unfortunately have St. Francis at number nine. And then LeMoyne at number eight. Shocker, D1's newest member will not finish in the cellar. Um, And a lot of the guys, again, it's because of experience. They Like if the starting five is what I think it'll be, four grad students and a senior, that's wild. So we'll see on that. Number seven, I have LIU, Long Island University, six Stonehill, five Merrimack, four Central Connecticut, three Wagner, two Fairleigh Dickinson, and my number one team, we already talked about it, is Sacred Heart. I kind of feel like there's this maybe this dividing line after Central Connecticut where I think S- Sacred Heart seems to be in a tier by themselves and if I was tearing it out I'd put FDU Wagner and Central Connecticut all together in tier 2 <clears throat> but I feel like you're going to get those three teams 2 through 4 in some order. But I have it fairly Dickinson, Wagner, Central Connecticut. All right, let's get to my first team all NEC. And we actually have several guys coming back, which is incredible, and I love it. Uh, first on this team is the lone, oh, I gotta switch my hats back, <laughs> our lone returner from last year's first team, Nico Gallet from Sacred Heart, a 6'6 senior forward, 15.4 points a game last year, 6.7 rebounds, 1.8 assists, 1.8 steals, and a block. Good grief. This dude's filling up the stat line. You love to see it. I expect those numbers to grow even more this year, and we will see how that turns out. Number two on my list is Kellen Amos from Central Connecticut, the lone returner from last year's second team all NEC. 6'7 senior guard slash forward, 14.1 points a game last year, 3.4 boards, 1.3 uh, excuse me assists, and averaged 35 from three. Love to see that. Love him getting out. I've got him making that jump from second team to first team. Next is last year's most improved player in the conference who was part of the third team, and that's Ansley Almanor from Fairleigh Dickinson. 6'7", junior forward, 13.6 points a game last year, 4.8 boards, 1.8 assists, shot 38% from three. Kind of similar to what I'm, what I'm loving with Kellen Amos there. Um, but want to see Almanor continue that that, that upward tra- trajectory. But I expect it, especially as fairly Dickinson is needing guys to step into some of these leadership roles. I'm watching for that with Almanor. Next, out of Stonehill, who was also on the third team last year, is Max Zagorowski. If that last name sounds familiar to you, it should because it is familiar to college basketball. You might remember Marcus. Zagorowski from creighton a couple years ago these dudes are twins max is a 6 8 graduate student forward last year excuse me 12.6 points a game 4.2 boards 1.2 assists and shot over 40 percent from three last year did max Zagorowski? and so uh really neat and really excited to see what he can do for stonehill this year maybe even move them up higher than I thought they would be. And then rounding out my first team, all NEC is Jordan Dirk, excuse me, from Merrimack. He's a phenomenal defender. I wouldn't be surprised if he's named defender of the year. But in addition to that, he's a 6'5 sophomore guard, 7.4 points a game last year, four assists, 2.8, I'm sorry, four rebounds, 2.8 assists, 2.1 steals. And so doing a lot of that good stuff. That's, again, me coming back to him being the defender. Now, he is not a shooter. Shot 22% from three last year. Just 36 attempts, but still. Needs to grow in that to really, truly um, explode this year. For player of the year, I've got Nico Gallette from Sacred Heart. I expect best player on the best team. That's what you got there. There's some other dudes at Sacred Heart, but I've got Gallette right at the top of it. In terms of my freshman of the year, I'm going with a bud Clark, I love this dude. I love this name. Excuse me, give me Bud Clark. Um, is five ten guard out of West Catholic High School in Pennsylvania. For my runner-up, if there was a second, I was debating between these guys. I would go with Carlos Lopez Jr. from St. Francis. For my transfer of the year, I'm going with Melvin Council Jr. coming over from Monroe College. Expect to see good things out of him this year. And I think he will be a great player. In fact, could be the most NBA potential of this conference. We'll wait to see on that. And then for my coach of the year, I got Anthony Latina from Sacred Heart. I think they're going to do it. I say the Pioneers get it done. And that puts Coach Latina in prime position to win this award and so then it becomes as no surprise that i've got sacred heart as both my regular season and conference tournament champ moving on to that first ever ncaa tournament in program history you know the excitement will be electric with that can't wait to keep tabs on what happens in the northeast thanks for making locked on college lock <laughs> making locked on college basketball your first listen to the watch of the day it's been a great week to be together can't wait for our last week of conference previews next week you can follow the show on twitter at locked on CBB. follow me at isaac shade please don't forget to subscribe to the show on audio and video format smash the like button and leave comments on your thoughts on the nec and this whole thing with oklahoma state we talked about earlier apologies to the lawyer family go out cats and until monday peace